0: Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes, a transcript of this episode, and a link to join our private Facebook community at bloggingbistro.com. I'm delighted that you've joined me for this series on social media marketing. Today's episode is part three of a four-part series that will help you stop doing the things that don't contribute to your business growth and replace those things with new habits that will help you to do social media professionally and productively. So let's do a little recap of what we've done in the previous episodes in this series. In part one, which was episode 39, and the title to that episode was The Secret to Doing Social Media, we began creating a master plan for managing our social media time. We set a goal for how much time each day we will spend on social media, and we decided where in our day we will do the bulk of our social media marketing. In part two, episode number 40, titled create winning social media content, I urged you to consider every piece of social media content you create as part of your business portfolio. We identified our core income streams or our areas of influence, and we began developing six types of content that will direct our audience toward our core revenue streams. We also talked about the Pareto Principle, also known as the 80-20 rule, as it applies to creating social media content, and that is that the majority of our efforts or outcomes or consequences come from the minority of our activities. Another way of looking at that is 80% of your results will come from 20% of your activities. We want that 20% of our activities to be highly productive in terms of moving our business forward, which is why today's focus is on tips and tools for creating and scheduling social media posts. Social media marketing is a marathon, not a sprint. This same adage also applies to blogging and podcasting. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I've been helping people with their social media marketing since 2007, and that was the very early days of Facebook and Twitter. And the plague that seems to infect many people is the sprint mentality. And let me explain to you what I mean by the sprint mentality. Whenever a new social network becomes the flavor of the year, I guarantee that you're going to see the following litany of advice blanketing the internet. Now, this advice is solid, and the reason I'm sharing it with you is to help you understand that whenever a social network gains traction, you're going to see the same advice in terms of here's what you need to do to build a following on this network and ultimately to make oodles of money off the stuff you sell. If you're one of those people who is on the lookout for the next big thing, be aware that the next big social network that gains popularity probably isn't all that original in terms of the ways that we business owners will use that network to build our writing platform. Having this knowledge is going to lessen the chances of you getting sucked into the sprint mentality. I'm going to acquaint you with seven pieces of advice that marketers typically share with people when a new network hits the big time. And I'm going to refer to this network as Network XYZ. So you'll hear me repeating Network XYZ a number of times. The first thing that people are going to tell you to do is to create a profile on network XYZ, that's the next big network, so that you have your branded username reserved in case this network hits the big time. And that actually is very good advice. Whether you plan to use that network at all at any time in your life, or not, it is a good idea to create a profile on it and to grab that branded username. You want to use the same username, if at all possible, across all the different social networks where you have an account, in addition to on your website and on your blog. My username is usually blogging bistro on most of my social network. If a brand new network became popular, I would reserve a profile under the username Blogging Bistro so that I would own my brand. Across all the different social networks. Number two, they're going to tell you to amass as many friends or whatever they call it as possible on your personal account. Then they're going to tell you to create a business profile and to amass as many followers as possible on your business account before the network changes their algorithm, which is going to make it nearly impossible to get new followers. Fourth, they're going to recommend that you post fresh original content daily, and some marketers are even going to recommend that you post as many as 10 to 20 times per day on Network XYZ, making sure that all your content is interactive, likable, and shareable. Number five, people are going to recommend that you interact with your friends and your fans daily on Network XYZ through commenting and sharing and direct messaging. Number six, when Network XYZ introduces a new feature, they're going to tell you, jump on it immediately, experiment with it, master it, and use it incessantly until the network introduces yet another new feature that they're going to give a huge amount of distribution to in their feed. Whenever a new feature is released that Network XYZ wants you to begin using, they are going to give less airtime to the previous feature that you spent massive amounts of time mastering because they want everybody to get excited about and adopt the new feature. Be prepared to shift on the fly. Number seven, you're going to hear the advice that you need to buy advertising. When Network XYZ starts becoming popular, they are going to offer advertising at an amazingly low rate and you'll see excellent return on your ad spend investment. But as the network matures and more people begin purchasing advertising, the price of ads will go up and your return on investment will go down. That's my seven point litany of advice that you are going to hear when Ever a new social network becomes the shiny must-have, you must join this network. I have heard this same litany repeated since 2007 for MySpace, for Google Plus, for Meerkat, for Vine. For Periscope, remember those networks? Yeah, reach into the depths of your memory and you might remember some or most or even all of those social networks, many of which have become defunct. And then I've also heard this same litany repeated for Facebook, for Twitter, for LinkedIn, for YouTube, for Pinterest, and for Snapchat. It is happening in a big way right now with Instagram. Instagram's latest feature, as I'm recording this episode, is called Reels, R-E-E-L-S. Those are 15-second videos. Reels launched August 5th, 2020, and Instagram is also heavily promoting Stories, Messenger, IGTV, and shopping at the time that I'm recording this episode. I'm also seeing this litany of advice related to the latest hot network, TikTok. Whenever a new network gains popularity, you'll experience the identical litany of you must do this immediately if you hope to succeed on network XYZ. Be aware that's going to happen. And don't get sucked into the shiny object mentality where you're tempted to abandon other networks that you have invested thousands of hours building a following on in order to use all the cool new features of the latest, greatest network. If the new network's ideal audience matches with your ideal audience, by all means, dive in and give it a shot. Use it regularly for three months. Experiment with all the features and see how it works for you. After three months, if you haven't gained any traction, give yourself permission to abandon ship. Keep your profile, of course, but repurpose the content that you created for that network and use it on other platforms that give you a better return on your investment. Remember, social media marketing is a marathon, not a sprint. The reason I detailed that litany of advice that I've heard thousands of times since 2007 is because the advice caters mainly to people who have a sprint mentality. And this is the sprint mentality in a nutshell. Join the social network, grow your audience as large as possible, as quickly as possible, and then bask in all the warm fuzzies that you're going to get from the likes and shares of your posts. A year later, get super depressed when the network matures Changes its algorithm, your followers stop seeing your posts, and your interaction tanks. It's a symptom of the bright, shiny object syndrome, and it happens on every social network. Be prepared for it to happen to you. When it does, you're going to feel as if your effort went to waste. You're going to feel like giving up. If you are committed to growing your business, you need to avoid getting sucked into shiny object syndrome and commit to producing fresh content week after week, year after year. That doesn't mean that you have to do this on every social network. Did you hear me there? This does not mean that you have to be active on every social network. Do it only on the network or networks that you most enjoy using where you're seeing the best return on your investment. If you need to figure out which social network is bringing you the best return in terms of people who follow you, people who click links in your posts, people who are routed to your website, go back and listen to episode number 35, which is titled Three Easy Tips to Help People Discover Your Website and Blog, Episode 35. In that episode, I explain how Google Analytics shows you where your social media referral traffic is coming from. This information will help you to determine which social networks to put your efforts into and which ones you can safely let go of. One important aspect of developing the marathon mentality is sharing your content multiple times. And let me tell you about a time-wasting method that many writers use. They set up an automated feed through their WordPress blog or through their email marketing service or through their social media scheduler. Here's how it typically goes. They labor for 10 or 20 hours to write a brilliant blog post. And then a link to that post gets automatically shared to their Facebook or Twitter account. Uh, That's it. They're done they don't ever create original social media content to promote their blog post this method is a waste of time why would you spend hours writing an impactful article and rely on a third party to auto share it not only are those auto shared posts ugly they usually include only the post headline and hopefully the post featured image although the image that those auto bots tend to grab often is rather random it's obvious to anybody who happens to see the update that it has been auto-shared. Why would your followers bother to click the link if you didn't take the time to create it yourself? Now, a lot of writers have told me that they use auto-sharing because, they say, creating an original social media update is too time-consuming. They have better things to do. This way, they can publish their blog post and forget it. But auto-posting defeats the purpose of blogging, doesn't it? When you publish a blog post, you obviously want someone to discover it and read it. Why wouldn't you take an extra 15 minutes or 30 minutes to create original social media content that will effectively promote the article that you worked so hard on? Please, friend, do not neglect this essential step of the blogging process. Here is the blogging process in a nutshell in terms of the way that I go about doing it. You first, you start by brainstorming your topic for your post, and then you research it. You write it. You edit. You proofread it. And then you format it inside your blogging platform. Finally, you schedule it. And then here's the key you make a copy of the permanent link of the post. Every single blog post that you publish and every single podcast episode that you publish has its own unique permanent link or page URL. So make a copy of that link and then create at least one original piece of social media content for the channel or the channels that you are committed to using. So for example, when I say channel, I mean the social network. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, whatever it happens to be. Create at least one original piece of social media content that promotes that post that you just wrote, that blog post, and then publish your social media content live or schedule it using a third-party tool. Another important social media habit to develop is to share your content, that's the handcrafted promotional update with a link to your blog post, share it multiple times. No one and done mentality, that is not allowed by listeners of this podcast. Regardless of which social networks you use, very few people are likely to spot your post in their feed, and many of them won't see your post until the second or third or even the 10th time that it goes out. That's why it's so important to create a variety of social media posts that link back to your blog article and to publish those promotional posts multiple times. I'm not talking about posting the identical promotional post to Facebook eight times in one day. No, no, no. I recommend creating a minimum of three different promotional posts, each with different pictures and text. Change up the type of content whenever possible. One of your promotional posts might be a live stream video. Another one might be an Instagram reel. And a third one might be a quote graphic that features a key point from your article. After you create your three promotional posts, Use a scheduling service to schedule a post over time. And I'll talk more about scheduling services in a few minutes. When I publish a new blog post or a new podcast episode, and I'm mainly podcasting now as opposed to blogging, I usually schedule one or two promotional posts during the week that I publish the content. For example, I'm publishing episode 41, which you're listening to right now on a Monday, and I will schedule one or two promotional posts that link back to this podcast episode this week on my various social media channels. Then I will schedule another promotional post of About two weeks after this episode goes live, and I will schedule additional promotional posts once a month for the next three to six months. A lot of us have heard that we shouldn't post the same content on our Facebook page as we post on Instagram, or we shouldn't post the same content on Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. We're told to customize our social media content for the network to which we're publishing, rather than creating one piece of content and publishing it simultaneously to all our social networks. If you have the time and the energy to do this, or you have the funds to hire a virtual assistant or a social media manager to do it for you, by all means, give it a try. But frankly, most business owners I've talked with barely have time to do social media at all, and creating unique content for five or six social networks is just not an option for most of us. So let's talk about workarounds. I am a big workaround person. I like to be efficient with the way I do my social media marketing. Let's say that you are creating a promotional social media update that links to one of your blog posts. So here are some workarounds that you can try for starting with one piece of core content and then tailoring it for various platforms. So you're not completely rewriting it, but you're tailoring it or you're optimizing your posts for each platform. For example, Instagram does not allow clickable links in their captions. And the audience for Instagram posts is younger than the audience for Facebook posts in general. So when you're posting to Instagram, adapt the written content for a younger audience and then remove the hyperlink in the caption and put it in your bio instead because you can include a clickable link in your bio. You'll also want to use up to 30 hashtags for every Instagram post, but none for Facebook. Facebook recently attempted to resurrect the use of hashtags within Facebook posts, but it hasn't really caught on. So if you want to use hashtags in a Facebook post, I recommend using only one to three at the most. Do not use 30 hashtags in your Facebook post. Everybody will go, oh. They posted that to Instagram and then they auto-posted the exact same thing to Facebook and Facebook users do not like that. Also, Instagram uses square images and Facebook uses horizontal or landscape images. So customize the image size for the appropriate network that you're posting to. Another workaround is that you can post similar or even identical content, but not at exactly the same time schedule the post to go live on Facebook today and then schedule the same post to go live on Instagram tomorrow. Or another way that you could do that would be to schedule a week's worth of posts for Facebook and then roll out that same content on Instagram only in reverse order. So Monday's Facebook post gets published Friday on Instagram and so on. A third workaround is to analyze the peak days of the week and the peak times of day that your audience is likely to be checking their account on a particular social network and to schedule your content for those times. Here's another workaround that I use a lot when I am creating promotional social media posts that feature an image. First, I write the content for the post or the caption or the description, depending on which social network you're on. They call it slightly different things. I usually adapt and shorten the content to fit Twitter because it has a 280-character limit, and the other social networks allow you to have more characters in your captions. I then create a graphic for the post using Canva or Stencil, and I will include links to both of those in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. Once I have created the graphic that is going to accompany that post, and I always recommend having some sort of a visual that goes with a post that has text in it, you want to resize the graphic so that it is optimized for posting to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Pinterest, or whichever social networks you use. And both Canva and Stencil are great in that they have a handy instant resize the photo feature built in. Um, You do have to have one of their paid plans to get that feature, but it is well worth the investment because you don't have to go back and recreate the graphic from scratch. You just press that magic resize the graphic thing and then you just barely have to move a few things around and it will be optimized for whichever social networks you want to use that graphic on. I then upload the completed graphic, the social media update, to Buffer, which is the third-party scheduling tool that I use. I then repeat this process for each of the multiple social updates that I create to promote a single blog post, and then I schedule the promotional posts over a six-month period of time. All right, we have reached our first massive action step for today. Your first action step is to select one blog post or podcast episode that you have created. It can be one that you've already published or it can be one that you're working on now. Write three promotional social media updates that will link to this piece of content and then find or create visually compelling images videos or graphics that reflect the written content of your promotional posts and will stop the scroll when one of your followers sees it in their feed. A couple of pointers about using schedulers. Scheduling social media posts that you've created yourself using a third-party scheduler, and I'm going to introduce you to several of them in just a minute, will not decrease the chances of your post being distributed. I have talked to many panicked people who have heard these, well, let's just call it a conspiracy theory, and they're afraid to use a third-party scheduler. Many, many studies have been done, and there is no measurable difference in distribution, in reach... Or engagement when using a third-party scheduler as opposed to using a scheduler that is native to the social network or as opposed to posting in real time from within the network itself. Of course, this could change as the social networks are constantly massaging their algorithms. If you're worried and let's say you use either Facebook or Instagram, I recommend that you use their native Creator Studio to schedule your Facebook and Instagram posts. I use Creator Studio all the time and it is so convenient and easy to use for scheduling. And as you probably know, Facebook and Instagram are both owned by Facebook. And so you can schedule your Instagram business posts from within Creator Studio as well. You just have to go through a a very simple two or three step process to hook up both accounts. One reason I love using third-party schedulers is that I can customize which images accompany my posts, and I can also preview what the post will look like before I schedule it. Many scheduling tools also offer really great analytics and link tracking so that you can see exactly how your posts are performing. Several of them even allow you to post comments on published posts from inside the scheduler, which makes it really convenient because that means you don't have to be logging in and out of all all these different social networks all the time. Some of these schedulers even analyze your audience data and they detect the peak times that your audience is likely to be logged into that network so you can schedule content for the best times for your audience, which is what you always want to do. You wanna know who your audience is, when they are most likely to be on that social network and then to make it so that your content goes live when your audience is checking their feed. Once you learn how to use a particular scheduling tool, you'll discover that it is a huge, huge time saver. Most schedulers offer a free version or they offer a free trial period. I highly recommend testing several different schedulers because each one has a slightly different functionality and interface. Settle on one or two that are a pleasant experience for you to use and also that fit within your budget. Because schedulers are such huge time savers, I recommend investing in one of their paid or premium tiers. Most schedulers charge a very reasonable monthly fee or annual fee, and this low-cost investment in your business is well worth it. I am a big fan of scheduling tools, but even so, I don't schedule all my social media content. While I recommend scheduling promotional posts that link to an article on your blog or to a page on your website or to one of your podcast episodes, leave space to publish as it happens or in the moment content. Listen to part two in this series, that's episode number 40, for a refresher on the six types of content buckets for which you can develop content. Scheduling tools are great for scheduling what's called evergreen content. That is content that never gets old, that you can use anytime throughout the year, and it's not time dated. So scheduling tools are great for scheduling evergreen content, as well as scheduling promotional posts that link to specific blog posts, podcast episodes, or to your products, your services, and your programs. Generally speaking, Wednesdays between 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. in your time zone tend to be a good time to post on social media. And weekends are considered the worst days to post. And that applies to all the major social networks. However, bear in mind, this might be different for you. So it's important that you dig into your analytics so that you can discover the best days and times of day for your brand. I'm going to introduce you to four schedulers that I use regularly and then I'm going to give you a list of other schedulers that people have recommended to me. I'm not going to go into detail on any of these schedulers. In the show notes over at bloggingbistro.com, that's the show notes for episode number 41, you can find the links to each one of these schedulers that I'm going to be listing here, as well as a little bit of information about which social networks each of the schedulers is compatible with. My favorite scheduling tool is Buffer, B-U-F-F-E-R. I have used Buffer for many, many years, and I like it because its interface is really super easy to use. And I can schedule updates quickly to Instagram, to Facebook pages and groups, to Twitter, to LinkedIn profiles and pages. And on certain plans, you can also schedule to Pinterest. Another scheduler that I have used for many, many years, and this is the original scheduler that I started out with, is Hootsuite, H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E. A third one that I have used for about four or five years now is called Later, L-A-T-E-R. Later is particularly great for if you need to schedule Instagram posts. And then finally, the other one I mentioned earlier in the episode is a native scheduler for Facebook and Instagram, and that's called Facebook Creator Studio. And that is for scheduling to Facebook pages and to your Instagram business account. Here are several other schedulers that people have recommended to me. I'm just going to list these off in alphabetical order. And again, if you would like additional information on any of these schedulers, I have the links to them in the show notes. So here they are in alphabetical order Agora Pulse, Co Schedule, Crowdfire, Meet Edgar, Planally, Promo Republic, Sendable, Socialmonials, SmarterQ, and Tailwind. Now, there are many other schedulers for social media as well. Those are just a few that have been highly recommended to me by other business owners. So you might want to check them out. Here is your final massive action step for today. If you are not already using a social media scheduler, Research the links that I just mentioned and choose one or two of them to test. Sign up for the free version or for their free trial and schedule two weeks worth of evergreen posts. Or you could schedule links to some of your upcoming blog posts or podcasts episode or schedule links to previously published content from your archives or all of the above. So you're doing a little bit of testing this week to see what works best for you. Next week in part four of this series, I will give you some tips for engaging with your followers and we will discuss how to monitor the effectiveness of your social media marketing efforts and then how to adjust on the fly. If you are a visual learner, each episode in this series includes a written transcript, which you'll find in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. Also in the show notes, there's a link where you can click to subscribe to the podcast, and I will email you a notification to every episode. You can also listen via your favorite podcasting app, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. All you do is install the app on your phone open it, and then key in the professional writer. The show will pop up and you can save it to your favorites so you won't miss an episode. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to join our private Facebook group. It's called the Professional Writer Podcast Community. That is the place where we work on our massive action steps together, we hold each other accountable, we encourage each other, and we share ideas and tips with one another. So come on over and join us in the Facebook group. Thanks so much for listening today, and I'll talk with you again next week.